Poor buddy. He goes along in life thinking he's an elf. If you've seen that movie, and then he finds out he's not, and it totally interrupted his plans. Totally interrupted what he'd planned to do with his future. Well, this series is about interruptions and how we can think life is going to go one way and things are going to work out in a certain way, and then life just gets interrupted. Now, we should not be surprised at interruptions because recent studies here, I don't know who studies this stuff, but they do, found out that we get interrupted once every eight minutes. So every eight minutes, you can count on something happening that interrupts you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do it in multiple ways. I have four different email accounts, which means four, I have four different email accounts. I have three different phone numbers, which means three different voicemails. You can leave me a message on Facebook. You can put, put, leave me a message on Twitter. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and come by and knock on my front door and interrupt me at any time if you know how to reach me in any of those ways. I guarantee over the next few minutes, I'm going to hear a phone ring. It happens every week because you forgot to put it on silent. Or the vibration on your phone is so loud, I hear, meh, It's like, oh, that was subtle. I didn't hear that at all. We have to deal with interruption after interruption. And do you ever do this? You go to the office and you blink and it's six. You're like, what happened to my day? I was dealing with an interruption over here and I was dealing with an interruption over there. And now the day's over and all I did was deal with interruptions. There are some people, though, who have figured out how to be productive and handle interruptions as they come their way. You ever notice that some people can just stay focused, doesn't matter what's going on around them, they don't, they don't get off task, they just keep focused. For me, the best time, like most of what I share on a Sunday morning, has been written in the wee hours of the morning. Because that's the time when, when none, of the, none of those email accounts ding. Nobody calls, nobody texts me. Nobody sends messages. Nobody knocks on my door. It's interruption-free in the middle of the night. And so I get up, I go sit at my desk, and I write, or I get stuff done because there are no interruptions. But we all have to figure out a way to deal with interruptions, or all we're going to do is spend our time dealing with interruptions. There are interruptions, too, that come into our life that are much more significant just than just a phone ringing or an email that you didn't expect. They're the kind of interruptions that we're going to be talking about in this series, divine interruptions. When God interrupts our lives. And divine interruptions can have deep spiritual impact on our life. Because if we recognize them and respond to them in the right way, then we're going to get to participate in something great that God has planned for our life. And then if we miss out on them, then we're going to miss out on some of the things God wants us to experience. Now, this is a really, really easy time to get interrupted. It's Christmas. There's a sale on somewhere. And so it's really easy to get interrupted. I mean, you've got schedules and parties and shopping and all that stuff to do. And then you've got to travel I, I'm not a Scrooge, but I, I do not enjoy traveling at the holidays. Anybody with me on that? 
It's just, it's okay when you get there, but it's like the packing. It would be easier just to stay at home and enjoy it with my little family. Who's with me? Who agrees? Of course, wouldn't that be so much easier? But you can't do that. Because you know what parents and grandparents do? They make you feel guilty. They say things like, well, okay, you all just stay there, but if, if you'll just promise me that everybody will come home for my funeral, <laughs> just promise me that, and you all stay there and enjoy your Christmas. It's like, all right, mom, we'll pack up the van and we'll be there. So sometimes this time of year can be what's supposed to be a, a peaceful time can be a very stressful time. And family can be one of the greatest parts of the holidays, but family can also be one of the most stressful. So what happens when Christmas is not quite like the, the, like the picture you see on the Christmas card of everybody sipping eggnog by the fire while kids open presents under the tree? What happens when Christmas is a little more stressful than that? When the kids won't sit on Santa's lap and smile when they're supposed to smile. When you have to wait in line after line after line. When you've got these lists and you're running around and you feel like, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. And then maybe you're looking around thinking, why does it seem like everybody else has someone at Christmas but me? So Christmas can be a really stressful time, no doubt. Each week we're going to look at, we're going to look at the Christmas story from the New Testament, in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, and we're going to look at a different character or different characters every week, and we're going to look to see how did they handle the interruption, because the birth of Jesus kind of came on like that, and it affected a lot of different people, and a lot of them are, that, that were right there when he was born, and, and his family, and we're going to look from each most of the characters that are outlined in the Christmas story, we're going to look and see how did they handle this interruption. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you want to follow along and read in there as I read from different parts of Luke and Matthew, you can do that. The page numbers are on the screen. If you'd like a Bible just to take home and have, or if you'd like need an extra one, please grab one that's yours to keep. If you'd like to just use it, just leave it on the table in the back on the way out. So the first interruption that we're going to talk about could not have come at a worse time. It could not have come at a more chaotic time in someone's life. But that's why they call them interruptions. If interruptions came at just the right time, they would be called plans, not interruptions. But this first interruption comes at a time when, when you got, you know, as a general rule, when a girl gets engaged and she's planning a wedding, it's not a good time to interrupt her. It's not a good time to get in the way. I mean, because she's got this idea, and, and don't mess with her. Don't interrupt her. And so the first character we're going to look at is Mary. The character is Mary and Joseph, and they're planning this wedding. They've been engaged. And here's what happens in Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So there's two people in this story who all of a sudden, these, this new information comes into their life and their plans are turned upside down. What they thought was going to be is no longer quite the way it's going to be. 
You have Joseph, this guy who had been engaged to Mary, who had one set of plans, I'm sure, because when you were engaged in the first century, it wasn't like engaged today. Today's engagement is like just a little bit above just dating because people break engagements all the time. Give the ring back, break engagements. I don't like this. This is not working out. Went to premarital counseling. We're not really meant for each other, so let's just go our separate ways. And people go their separate ways, and there's not a huge impact on the rest of their lives. But in the first century, if you were betrothed, if you were committed to marrying someone and you were engaged, you were already in a, in a contract, with, in a covenant with them. And in order to break the engagement, you had to write a certificate of divorce. Even though the marriage hadn't been consummated, even though they'd never lived together, they were, it was that close of a relationship in the engagement time. So for Joseph to get this information, because his plan was to be engaged, to get married, to start a family, and all of a sudden that is completely flipped around and turned upside down. And the first mention of Joseph in scripture, he's called It says, Joseph being a righteous man. So Joseph is a righteous man. The idea of this word righteousness, it goes all the way back into the Hebrew language. And if you were righteous in Hebrew, they would say, you are sadiq. And it just means that you have this special right commitment with God. So they call Joseph righteous. No glaring character defects, no addictions, a great effort to live a godly life. Basically, it meant that what you do on the outside matches up with who you are on the inside. It all matches what you say and what you do match up. So Joseph was Sadiq. His actions and his words matched up. So he's a righteous man. Mary was also considered righteous. She was considered right before God. Here's what what it says about her in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. So Joseph is righteous. Mary is highly favored by God. And you know the rest of the story. They both start out, they're really confused about, well, what's going on? I, I'm, how can I be, I'm pregnant, but I haven't s- slept with anybody, and she's pregnant, and she's saying that? Give me a break. I mean, they had to have this big, confused dilemma going on in their life, but you know the rest of the story. Even though they were confused and no doubt scared, they eventually believed the truth that the, what the angel said, that what was conceived in Mary was of the Holy Spirit. And they both believed that. And Mary gave a miraculous birth. Now this idea that she's favored before God and Joseph is righteous is key. Because as they handle this huge interruption in life, it's that relationship with God that's going to give them something to draw from as they deal with this big interruption that turned their lives upside down and changed everything they had planned. And the way they're going to get through it is, he's righteous, she's favored by God, 
and so they've obviously cultivated a relationship with God. So going into this chaos that happened in their lives, going into this interruption, they already had a relationship with God. They were already developing this relationship with God. So following God prepares me for life's interruptions. I had a good friend who was playing volleyball one day and he uh, got his knee kind of bent the wrong way and he tore a ligament in it. And, it, you know, big deal, you tear a ligament, you just, you know, take all the time it takes to, to get it healed, go to the doctor and wear a brace and all that. But he got an infection and the infection was so bad, his leg swelled up like double. And then it spread to his bloodstream. And the doctor comes in and says, look, you need to fight. Basically, the doctor said, you may not make it through this. If you've ever fought for anything in your life, you need to fight. The next few days are going to be very difficult for you. And he tells me the story of, of this excruciating pain and no position he was in and nothing he would do and no amount of painkillers. He just, he just couldn't sleep. He couldn't rest. And, and he was just struggling 24-7 for a few days. And he eventually got better. One of, his, one of our other friends came in the room and said, you must have been really close to God during that time. You must have really felt close to God. And he was like, are you kidding? I, just, I didn't think about anything. I wasn't thinking about God. I was just thinking about getting this pain out of my life. I wasn't thinking about, oh, this scripture says this and this scripture says that. He said, I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was thinking about, I'm in pain. I got to fight physically in order to live. And he said, you know how I got through it? I didn't get through it by just sitting there reading the Bible. I got through it because the relationship I had with God prior to this interruption in my life got me through the interruption in my life. And that's what got Joseph and Mary through this interruption. And that's what can get you through interruptions in life. Now, you may come here today and you may not have a relationship with God. You may not be able to confidently say, yes, I have a deep relationship with God. You're here. So you're on the right track. Many of you already have a relationship with God, and by cultivating that relationship and making it a priority and growing closer to God, when interruptions come into our lives, and they will, when things that we don't expect happen, even if it's today, and they will, then you can draw on that relationship from following God in the past, because following God in the past and following God up to the interruption helps you get through it. It's really hard sometimes to see and hear and feel God when you're hurting, when something bad has happened, when you can't believe what's good. You, you just, you're, you're overcome with grief. So it's like, well, when you feel like that, where is God? And if you haven't built that relationship with God up till that point, it's really difficult to know what you're supposed to do. So following God prepares me for life's interruptions. Let's take a test. Let's see how interruptible we are. We're gonna t here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a mental test, an IQ test. Not, not an intelligence quotient test because, you know, whatever your IQ is, it's kind of it. You know, you kind of got it and that's it. And there's not a lot you can do to raise your IQ. You can build skills. You can learn how to do things. But, you know, what God gave you is what you got. And your IQ is not going to change throughout your life. If you take hundreds of tests, it's still going to be right in the same range. But there's another kind of IQ that you can change. You can do things to make 
this one get better. And that's your interruptibility quotient. And here's your test on interruptibility. If you leave here in a half an hour and you go to lunch and you see a line out the door, do you A, go get the little vibrating thing and go sit down and wait 25 minutes on a table, or B, drive around for 25 minutes to find a place you can go eat that doesn't have a line? Which one of those are you willing to do? Are you willing to wait? Are you like, no way, Uh uh-uh. Are you willing to... Are, are you willing to go, are you willing to stand in line? Are you willing to be patient? Are you willing to be interrupted? Now, sometimes people can look like, oh yeah, they're just going with the flow. They're willing, they're willing to go anyway. Like a few weeks ago, two days before Thanksgiving, I went to Best Buy to pick up this little connector thing. There's a tent outside Best Buy. And I was like, what? I, for a minute, I thought there was some kind of protest going on. But then I was like, okay. It's not a protest at all. This guy was camping out. Somebody was against electronics, you know, so we're going to have a Occupy Electronics Stores Day or something. And so this guy's camping there, and I almost went over and talked to him. I was in a hurry, so I didn't. And I realized he's there to save 100 bucks on television. Well, you know, big deal. He's, he's, he looked calm, cool. He had his little heating stove there. He's got his little tent and just enjoying, just, just chilling out. But then a few days after I watched the news about how people acted when the doors opened at whatever time they opened, all of a sudden these calm people that just wait in line, it's like every man for himself. It's like, I'm going to jerk out the mace. I'm going to slam you to the ground. At one store, people walked over a guy that was dead to get to like a waffle maker or something that they save money on. So how interruptible are those people? Well, not much. They kind of got their plan and they're working it. How important is your plan when it comes to things that interrupt you? Just give yourself a 1 to 10. How are you doing on the area of being interrupted? Because some people aren't very good at it. There's two types of people in this room. There's the people who who uh, they don't mind to be interrupted just so they know it's coming. You know, they'll be spontaneous if you let them know. Next Thursday at 3 o'clock, we are going to be spontaneous around here. And they're okay with that. As long as they know the spontaneity is coming, they'll be spontaneous. And then there's another type of person, they're just ready to go anytime. Whatever, whenever, interrupt them, it, it doesn't matter you got to prepare for interruptions, no matter what your personality style is. you got to be ready for it. Following God is what's going to get either personality style ready for the interruptions that come into our lives. Mary and Joseph were able to deal with their interruptions because of their relationship with God. The key to being able to to handle interruptions is to nurture that relationship, to help it grow, to do things that get you closer to God. We know interruptions are coming, and following God's the way to handle them, but Christmas is a really easy time to let our guard down, isn't it? it it's, it's simple because I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to eat a little more than I should. 
I'm just going to spend a little more than I should or drink a little more than I should or schedule a little bit more than I should because why, why do I do that? I don't know. It's Christmas, so give me another cookie. You know, I can, I can diet in the new year. None of these calories count for the next few weeks. When January comes, I'll get it all right. And hey, honey, it's on sale. Why can't we put it on the credit card? I don't want to have the cash, but we'll take care of that next year because next year sounds like, wow, next year. That's in three and a half weeks next year. So let's just charge up the credit card. Let's just get the stuff because it's on sale. And it's the best sale and it won't come around again for a whole year. So let's get it. I mean, when else are we going to get this for $3 or whatever? Joseph and Mary were right with God and it made all of the difference. So us getting our lives right with God will make all of the difference when interruptions come our way. It's not simple, but it's easier. Divine interruptions are also opportunities for me to get off my plan and to get on God's plan. See, for Joseph and Mary, it, it didn't go the way they would planned. I, I'm sure Joseph's buddies were like, when they started to see Mary's belly get round and bigger and bigger, and they knew they were just engaged, and, and he, they probably started saying, Joe, buddy, man, you got things a little out of order there, didn't you? That's not the way it's supposed to go. So he had to give the tough answer of, well, she is pregnant, but it's not my baby. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, let me hear about that. Well, it's God's baby. God got her pregnant. I mean, how do you explain that? So Joseph, whatever Joseph's plans were for celebrating this new bride, this new union, this new relationship, whatever they were, they couldn't stay the same. He had to yield his plans to God's. He had one plan, Mary had one plan, and God had another. And then this one moment they had to choose. It's all recorded in Scripture. They had to choose. Am I going to go with what God wants or am I going to do what I want? What God wants is going to mess up my plan and, and Joseph could have ran and said, look, I, I am not buying that. I don't think that's going to work. He could have gone with his plan, but he didn't. See, this, this one is tough because we like to plan. I mean, we're taught you need to plan. You need to be a planner. And when you, pl- you, you make a plan and you work your plan. Any success book you read would tell you that. You need to, successful people write down what they're going to do and they do it. Anybody successful you ask, they would say, oh yeah, I I wrote it down and I did it. But you've got to be flexible. You've got to understand that, well, maybe, maybe my plan is not the best plan. If I rewind my life 20 years and, and think of the plan that I had for my life, it's nothing like what happened. I had a whole different direction planned. I had a whole different career path planned. Everything was different. And then God showed up one day and wrecked the whole thing and turned me in a completely different direction. And now, looking back, it's a better life than I could have ever arranged on my own. If I would have just stuck with my plan, there's no way I would have been in the place where I stand today. 
because God wrecked my plans and I yielded and it was a better life than I could have ever imagined. And you may hear me say, God's plan? That sounds like you knew God's will. I mean, please, enlighten me. I want to know God's plan. Well, here on a very basic level, if you want to write this down, here's God's plan for you. God's plan is that we remove the things in our life that keep us from him and share the love of Christ in every way possible. Oh, great. That's what I expected you to say. That sounds simple. The problem with that plan is it doesn't tell me where I'm supposed to work. It doesn't tell me who I'm supposed to marry. It doesn't tell me where I'm supposed to live. If you follow God's simple plan that I just told you, it will influence how you make those other decisions in life. It will influence who you marry. It will influence where you work. It will influence how you raise your kids. If you just stick with God's basic plan of removing the things in your life that keep you from him and sharing the love of Christ with every, in, in every way possible. And that alone will influence all of those other decisions and get you a little more ready for interruptions that come into your life. Right now, there's things that all of us in the room need to get rid of, need to change. And if you really think about it, if you're the kind of person that likes to have everything really nice and neat and under your control and have an answer to every question, you have to come to grips with the fact, eventually, that there's a lot of life that's completely out of your control. You just got to deal with it. Anybody live with the controller? You don't have to raise your hand. You got to deal with that in counseling. But But if you live with a controller, you know, like, you think you're in control. If you're a controller, you think you're, you're really not in control. People just let you think you're in control. Then it makes you feel better. There's so much of life that's completely out of our control. So many of the plans we make are completely out of our control. And there had to be a time with Mary and Joseph in this episode that they're weighing the options. Well, do we listen to God? Do we go with people looking at us funny? Do we go with people not believing anything that we're saying? Do we go with the weird stares? Or do we go our way? And they chose to yield to God. And we all have the same decision to make. Do we go the way God wants us to go or do we go the way we want to go? Do we allow God's basic desire for our life, do we allow that to influence everything? Or do we just go our own way and we don't even give that much thought at all? If you're taking notes, write this down. My best plan for my life is not as good as God's plan for my life. You may have been born a planner. You may, from the first day at school, you may have gotten that agenda and written it down and loved it. You may be one of those people that love to plan out every single moment. Your best planning for your life will never match God's plan for your life. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 God says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, his plan is what allowed Mary and Joseph to experience what no other humans have ever been able to experience. His plan is what allowed them 
to physically raise as their earthly son, the son of God. So I have to ask myself the question, what is it that I'm not yielding to God in my plans that's going to cause me to miss his best plan for my life? Now that's something for all of us. There's something there that we're not just yielding to God to experience his best plans for our lives. See, there's a really fine line between being driven and being inflexible. Of course you need to be driven. Whatever your career is, be driven. Do your best. Succeed. But you've got to do that with a level of flexibility that will allow God to interrupt you. So what does it look like as I'm driven in life, but I'm going to allow God to interrupt me? What do God's interruptions look like? They may look like a statement from a child that says, Dad, Mom, why do you travel so much? Why are you gone so much? And then you just clear the schedule and whatever happens because of that happens and you spend time with them. It may look like putting your arm around someone who needs encouragement, who needs a friend, and just letting whatever else you got scheduled be by the wayside so you can be there for somebody. God's interruption might look like buying a meal for somebody who needs a meal and inconveniencing your schedule because of it. God's interruption might look like maybe you've got some money you've been saving for something for you, and that's great, and I'd do that, and you know, save it up, and then buy stuff I like, and we all do that, and maybe you've got this big pile that you've been saving up for something, and then God interrupts you with this amazing opportunity to make a big difference in the world, and you sacrifice what you've saved for you for the betterment of someone else. Those are what divine interruptions look like. God coming into our life, messing up our plans, causing us to make decisions that may not make sense to anybody else. Everybody else would have said, Joseph, you're a fool. How do you believe that junk? How are you believing what Mary's telling you? Somebody might be saying, you're kidding. You're selling that to do that. You're downsizing so you can go on the mission field. You're moving to another city so you can have a a simpler life. Yeah, because that's how God's interruptions work. So when Mary was faced with, am I going to allow God to interrupt my life? And this angel comes to her and explains what's happened inside of her body, explains what this means spiritually. And Mary is asking questions like, how could this be? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And after a conversation with an angel, Mary ends up saying this. In Luke chapter 1, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. So when God interrupts, It's our choice. Am I going to go with his plan or am I going to go with my plan? And we're at a really, really busy and stressful time of year where the temptation is to just get my stuff done and not pay attention to the interruptions that God is trying to insert into my life to get my attention. 
I want to challenge you as schedules heat up, as running around heats up, as stress may rise a lot over the next several weeks, be open to God's interruptions. Let's pray. God, as we open up this series on being interrupted, Father, may we, may we be flexible. May we listen to you as interruptions come into our lives. And God, may we cultivate our relationship with you so we're ready. If that interruption is bad news, if that interruption is challenging, God, help us to be ready for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.